the bracha of Bina, where we say, is first recited among the middle 13 brachos of the Shemona Esra, either because what makes man better than other creations, than other creatures, than other species, is that Hashem gave us the power to think, or because the ability to distinguish between right and wrong is the most important concept in Judaism. On Matzei Shabbos, Atachanantanu is added to this bracha because it is the ability to think, to choose, to distinguish that allows us to distinguish between Kodesh and Chal, what I will inadequately translate as sacred and mundane. How exactly do we choose? What choices can we freely make? How does human intellect differ from every other species on the planet? To answer these questions, I will draw on the writings of Rabbi Dr. Akiva Tath. The most important thing to grasp about being human is the fact that you have free choice. You make the decisions. You are responsible. The secular world is not so sure about this. But as a Jew, you have to know that everything significant in life depends on this idea. What are the components of human free will, and what are its limits? Free will applies only in the area of morality. I'll repeat it again. Free will applies only in the area of morality. Just in case you didn't catch that, or grasp what I just said. Free will applies only in the area of morality. That is, you are free only when it comes to decisions and actions which relate to your personal battle, when you are tempted to do that which is immoral. Only in the arena of the battle between good and evil are you free to win or lose. Only when you are challenged with a situation in which you can act as you know you should, in line with your higher self, and at the same time, you are tempted by the more physical, the more sensuous, and animalistic self. Can you apply your free will and battle this ordeal? You have very little free choice outside the area of morality. Your health, wealth, and many other areas of your life have large components that cannot be controlled no matter how hard you try. But in moral tests, you are entirely in control. That is where you are free. There are many things outside the realm of morality that you can choose, but those choices are purely technical. You can choose whether to have chocolate or vanilla ice cream, or which socks to wear today, for example. But those choices are not uniquely human. Animals also choose options like which food to eat and where to sleep. Those areas have no inner meaning. They are mechanical, robotic instincts. The area in which animals cannot make any choices is the area of morality. No animal chooses between right and wrong. No animal battles to overcome its lower self and achieve a more spiritual state. How free are you? What is the nature of this freedom? What about someone who has tremendous disadvantages? That is to say, disadvantages of upbringing, emotional problems, 
lack of natural talents, financial limitations, or anything else which seems to make personal progress difficult. Do we say that such a person has less free will? Do we say that a person is less accountable for his or her moral fa failures? Perhaps such a person is not accountable at all. Many factors affect your area of free will. In fact, many factors outside of your free will determine what your ordeals will be and how difficult those ordeals will be. But the critical issue to understand is that at the moment of the ordeal, at the point of choice itself, you are entirely free. You may find yourself in a particular test through no fault of your own, through causes and events entirely outside your control. But how you respond in that test is entirely up to you. Explains Rabbi Tatz, each person has a point of free will, which is determined by many factors. In fact, in various areas of life, you may have, a very diff you may have very different levels of free will. Some types of ordeals may be more challenging, more difficult for you, whereas someone, for someone else, other types of ordeals may provide greater challenges. You may not be tempted by things which someone else can hardly resist, and yet you may have a mighty struggle with things which would be a walkover for that person. In fact, some tests may be exceedingly difficult for one person and be virtually out of the realm of free choice for someone else. Your battle of free choice takes place only at your point of free choice. In any area of your life which involves moral issues, you have a point at which you are being tested. Below that point, things are so easy that they are not really tests. You would not fail there because you are too powerful. You always succeed there because you handle those things correctly out of habit. In short, they are no tests at all. Above that point, you are not being tested either. Things above your point of free choice are too difficult for you. You do not handle those things correctly because you are too weak. You are not ready to grapple with things at those higher levels. You fail there without doing battle. The experiences of those levels are not your tests either. Now, for a beautiful, yet somewhat extreme analogy of this idea. Imagine an individual who is morally undeveloped. Someone whose life consists of gross violence and physicality. An individual who mugs helpless victims daily and has been doing so ever since he was a teenager. Brought up in desperate circumstances. This criminal has a very low point of free choice. His maximum moral choice may be whether to apply more or less violence the next time he mugs a frail old woman or not. Now, if this individual decides to rob a helpless victim without unnecessary violence, that decision may represent a great elevation in the area of free choice for him. An action that would be the worst kind of failure for us or any more elevated person may be a great victory for this person. On the other hand, consider someone who has 
reached an elevated state of refinement and self-control. Say, a Torah scholar who has toiled for years to understand the depths of Torah and develop his personality. Such an individual is grappling with ordeals so refined that the criminal we just analyzed would be entirely unable to relate to them. Perhaps this sage is working to control his speech to ensure that every word he utters is necessary and true. Or perhaps he is laboring to control his thoughts, one of the most difficult areas to master. This Torah scholar is battling in areas that our criminal could not begin to understand. If this highly developed person fails in one of his tests, slips from his level of greatness in word or even thought, he will still remain far above the greatest achievement of the criminal. Failure at his elevated level may consist of behavior which would be a supreme achievement out of the reach for a person at a lower level. This is known as the point of free will. You are always locked in battle with your lower self, but where the battle is pitched depends on your particular situation and the state of your personal growth. Your point of free will moves as you make choices. As you handle an ordeal, you rise or fall. If you win in your battle with your lower self, if you overcome your temptation and choose the higher path in your ordeal, you immediately become a higher person. As you exert effort to defeat the temptation, as you push through the test successfully, you rise. As you conquer tests, you conquer yourself, you take control and you build yourself. If you lose the battle in an ordeal, you fall, you become a lesser person. If you fail to engage in ordeals, if you give up without a struggle, you also become a lesser person. As you conquer ordeals, you must face more difficult ordeals. As you grow, you are given tests that are even more difficult. If you grew as a result of the test, but the next test remained as easy as the previous one, you would immediately outgrow your free choice. When a player outgrows Little League, it would be pointless and ridiculous to continue playing against children. For free choice to remain free, your point of free choice must rise as you rise. Put another way, your negativity grows along with your positivity. As your positive inclination, your spiritual side grows, so does your negative or dark side, what we, call, what we, we, what we would call the evil inclination, the Yetzirah. Your pull to evil grows in exact proportion to your pull to good. A greater person has more temptation than a lesser person. If free will ordeals must remain real challenges, then the individual who is growing and facing new ordeals must experience a more powerful evil. Why do your ordeals become more difficult as you grow? Why does your negativity grow with your positivity? The answer is that you are here, that we are here. Every person on the planet is here to exercise their free will. The only way to do that throughout your life is to be faced with ordeals that are exactly at your level. Always. As your level goes up, your tests become more difficult. And of course, by overcoming a new test at a higher level, you grow further. Your drive to do 
that which is negative, your drive to harm and destroy, grows exactly as much as your higher drive. That is why, unfortunately, we see so many of our peers turning to destructive, harmful behaviors at this age. As we grow up, as we reach higher and higher, our potential for bad, to choose wrong, grows. There is so much more to say on the subject, but I will stop here for now. If you're interested in learning more on the subject, please message me. I will end with the following. Judaism believes that what you do in your tests is who you are. You are the point of connection between your body and your soul. There is so much in life that a person simply cannot control. Your choices are the reflection of your character. Real success or failure is success or failure in your free will ordeals, in the choices that you make. When you grasp the fact that you are in control, that in where it really matters in life, you are free. You have begun to grasp who you really are and what you are meant to be doing here in this world. If you see your decisions and actions as the passive results of your background and your nature, your circumstances beyond your control, you have not begun to live. It is when you recognize that you have free will, that you have the ability to choose who you are, how you live. That is what it means to be a Jew. That is what it means to be alive.